You are listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens. This season, we are delving into the global phenomenon of Juliantina. I'm Sheena. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here. Monica McCowan. My pronouns are she, her as well. And I am a lesbic author and Juliantina superfan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast. But uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of. We left off last episode with Jules dropping the bomb that she and her mother were going to have to leave the city and upsetting Val to the point where Val actually ran out of the university as she was about to go into class. So now we start with Val sitting over lunch, a a very beautifully prepared plate, zooming in on a picture of the two of them from the night of the party, and she's looking very forlorn. Yeah, and everything about this scene, it's, yeah, she has this beautiful lunch, they're probably million-dollar wine rack with all the wines and the temperature controlled cellar behind them you know she has all of these things but she's sad and she's looking at this picture of them but one of the things that I really love about Valentina is she doesn't tend to stay sad for long she orients herself into let's get something done mode when she sees Chivis she immediately calls her over and she already has this plan well she hears um, I don't actually know what Chivis's husband's name is, but she hears the t- Chivis and her husband talking about a house that they own and the electricity bill. So this immediately sparks an idea in her head. This is a house that's not being used, and Jules needs a house. So, hey, why not use this one? It yeah, logically it makes perfect sense. And in Valentina's world, it's oh yeah, you you just have a house. Can we use that? Because they have, you know, I'm sure many houses in Mexico in their portfolio, but this one is certainly safest because it's a little bit outside of what anybody would know or expect them to have. And you'll find out later it's on like the south side of the city, which is, you know, where Val doesn't spend a lot of time. So yeah, to her, it's the perfect plan. And she's very excited when Chivis begrudgingly agrees, I guess, would be the the best way to describe that because she's a member of the family in some ways but she works for them um so she can't exactly say no to valentina who is incredibly fixated on accomplishing this so that she can find a way for who's to stay and that's really like that's what it comes down to she will do anything to find a way to make it possible and we already know from previously that Chivis is not that excited about Jules and Val being friends, never mind anything more, because she has had a glimpse into Jules' background and the dangers that she's experienced before. But how can you say no to essentially the family who's supporting your whole family? Right, so now we go across to the hospital. So when we cut to the hospital, there's a scene of Val very excitedly like, running in with flowers. And she looks like a kid. She looks, you know, like a, a kid who's just solved the world's greatest problem. Yeah, and this is... So Valentina has 
always been, I think, fairly smooth when it comes to her engagements with Juliana. Um, but you really start to see her, whether it's subconscious or conscious, amp it up a level. You know, the flowers she brings are for Juliana's mom, telling her that she's so happy. And also these scenes really highlight the juxtaposition of before Juliana's mom finds out about them versus after. And she just, you know, she loves Valentina right now because Valentina has been nothing but like a good, helpful friend. She was a little wary of her in the beginning, but they're in kind of this really good place. So she's, you know, her mom is excited to see Valentina and Valentina almost immediately launches into this, hey, I've solved this problem. Lupe looks really uncertain at first. She's not sure she wants to take gifts from... Val, but Panchito is encouraging her, even though he kind of looks a little unhappy about this too. He wanted to be the hero sweeping in and solving the problem here. Right, because I think that he had found like a motel or a, a small place for them to stay at together. And they do the sweetest little like jump and high five and hug. And we were talking about this last episode, you know, there are these romantic beats that are interspliced so well with this true friendship and excitement to be around one another and you know I've watched a lot of the engagements with the other characters on the show the other romantic pairings and they just they don't really have this you know maybe one or two of the couples do and there's like actually a lot of couples in the show but yeah they're I think out of all of the pairings they have this genuine want and like friendship that that bleeds into into most of their scenes together are they the youngest couple on the show absolutely it might be that as well because when you're young and it's you know your first real love it, it could be that the enthusiasm of youth is also a part of what's coming across yeah and to be yeah it's it's young love but it's also I think first true love because you know Hools has never been in a relationship and that's another like trope that is used very well here Hools has never been in love has never had a partner she just doesn't know what to expect she's flying blind and I think Valentina part of what makes her more comfortable in pushing things is because she's gone through the motions for so many years she had Charles in Canada and then Lucho for, you know, they imply years and years they've been together in Mexico. So she's done the motions and now she's really feeling the things for the first time. So she's so excited. So, you know, she's bringing flowers, she's throwing compliments. And that's what I meant earlier. You'll start to see that a little bit more. She is just so smooth and I absolutely love it. <laughs> well, if you look at the power dynamic in this particular case, she's got no reason not to be smooth. She's the one with the money. She's the one who's not running away from the bad guys. She's the one who can help. It's easier to be smooth when you're not the one in danger. Absolutely. Yeah. So now we cut to the house and she's showing them around and she's, you know, talking about all the virtues of this beautiful house and the sun when it hits it at a particular angle and trying to impress and there's a very cute moment where she takes Lupe's arm and and walks her on the one side Panchito on the other side and they walk Lupe into the house and I just thought you know what a gorgeous kind of daughter-in-law type moment absolutely and it's all the more 
strengthened as a moment by the fact that that's exactly what it is to the viewer, but Lupe doesn't know that. And also, side note, like, this house is not a house that you would expect, you know, a housekeeper that doesn't even live there to have. This house is gorgeous. It's stone masonry with fireplaces and, you know, private rooms that jut off into a balcony that's open to the outside, running along a whole edge in a beautiful yard. Like, this house is not a bad place to have to hide away in for a little while. No, absolutely. In fact, um, I think Lupe starts to really form attachments to the place. And you'll see a little bit later when she she calls it her house but we'll get there. Val offers to go get them some groceries because obviously they've just come out of hospital so they don't have much and it's an excuse also for her and Jules to take a ride and get away from you know parents, parental figures and have some kind of alone time and I say alone in inverted commas because the driver's with them. Right and I think so in this scene I'm so happy with everything that happens. I think it's one of the weakest kind of plot devices in terms of they're putting everything in the trunk and they realize they've forgotten something. So Illyrio has to run off and find this bag that they've just now realized they've forgotten. So, you know, cinematically not the strongest reason for them to end up together alone, but needed this to happen. So very happy that it did. But in a show that does almost everything really, really well, this is just like a funny little, we need to get them alone together. And this is how we're going to do it. Uh, not just alone, but alone in a very small space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so the bag is missing. They close the boot. Next thing we see, they're inside the car and the back seats, sitting very close to one another. And they make small talk that is unimportant. And then, okay, so that's interesting because then Val takes off her jersey top shawl thing. And Val never takes off her long flowy things ever, ever in the entire show. So, what's that about? I mean, you tell me. You obviously have feelings on it. But yes, I, I do, that's a difference in, in behavior. And I don't know if that's a comfort things with Juliana or if she thinks something's going down here. But again, you know, this this scene has a time limit on it anyway because they're not just alone indefinitely. Like, Illyrio is absolutely coming back to drive them home. But, yeah, there's that's a, a great point. I think there's definitely something to that. It's probably not intentional or unintentional, whether Val knows she's doing it or not. Oh, she knows. <laughs> <laughs> she does. Val... See, this is smooth. this is an example of smooth vowel that I didn't even pick up on. <laughs> okay, there's a lot of like looking at Jules's lips, and I think everything about this scene is so perfect. I'm going to try and talk about it constructively because that's what we're here to do. But yeah, it, from the looks that they're giving one another, this scene is beautifully shot you know, the way it frames both characters and kind of goes back and forth. And it's, you know, this is something that is going to come up in the later scenes. 
this is kind of the last kissing scene between them for a while that doesn't feel like voyeuristic because of a forcing function of somebody else in the show like seeing them kiss this is just for them and it's like a really beautiful moment where they're having this hard conversation you know Juliana still thinks that they're going to have to leave because the danger hasn't abated so they have this breathing room right now where it's not a a stealing away into the night thing like they thought it was going to be when they left the hospital but the plan hasn't changed and they're kind of coming to terms with that or you know Juliana's trying to get Valentina to come to terms with that while they're developing feelings that are stronger for one another you know every time they spend time together and obviously when they're not even together as well as you can tell from like Val looking at pictures of Juliana when she's not around so now Jules after she says you know we're gonna have to leave Val looks really sad and sort of looks down so Jules comes in and tucks some hair behind her yeah and it's a very intimate gesture and there's um but it's also an attempt to comfort and then the foreheads come together and you know Val says the right thing she says it would I want you to be safe but this would kind of devastate me she's being honest with the situation you know she's not saying you have to stay she's trying to do the right thing and not put who's in harm's way you can see it's hard for her though to even just say it she doesn't feel this way but she what do you do do you do you risk losing the person that you're falling for forever or saying the right thing yeah and I think that there's actually, there's so much going on in this scene. And for me, the reason it was able to escalate very quickly, but it felt very organic is it wasn't just two like love struck teenagers. It's Juliana understanding that Val is kind of doing this for her and being very selfless in this way that nobody has ever really done for her that you know she feels like and also understanding that she can only believe that's true if she believes that Val really is as into her as she feels as well because one can't be true without the other if you know she didn't believe Val felt that way that moment would kind of fall flat where she's like of course she wants to get rid of me this is complicated so there's a lot of layers that you get through to make this moment I think a a really really strong moment beyond just like you know what's gonna happen in a couple seconds and then they have this eye contact and this very intense look and then Jules is the one that makes the first move here which I think is really interesting yeah and then in this you get the you get a kiss and then it comes back to them at a different scene and you just go from like zero to a hundred Real quick. So they're in the back of this car. Things are escalating very quickly. All the props to the show for going there. You don't even really see content like this on a lot of American television shows. And there was nothing like weird or male gazy about it. It was about them and about having this moment. And again, I think it's just very, very well done. So in the initial one, the one that was aired on TV, it cut sort of just as they started kissing 
so they they kissed and then we saw shots of the outside of the car and then that was the end of the scene in the one that's on the dropbox it's the extended version if you like where you get the whole intimate kiss with jackets coming off and things I do think there was a little bit more in the live one. But yes, to your point, there are two cuts of this scene. There's the one that they originally shared when the television show aired. And then the fandom got wind of an extended scene that existed. uh, And the actors and the fans really pushed to have that released. And it ultimately was. It wasn't, you know, added into the show because it had already aired. But the scene in its entirety was released. And yes, the, the scene that wasn't shown on primetime television really takes it up a level with, like you said, clothes, shirts coming off or like outer shirts, um, but definitely a lot more touching, a lot uh, like kind of a different view of how they framed the kiss. So it looks much more intense to the viewer. But yeah, not all of that stuff to, to what you're saying was in the original airing. The extended version actually makes much more sense when you pair it with the next scene where Val says we weren't going to stop were we because I was like okay you kissed I don't understand what were you not going to stop doing right so until I sort of saw the extended I was oh never mind jackets came off and everything I I get it now right um in this one though it's it's very cute then they get interrupted and they look slightly embarrassed and but a little bit naughty too. You know, that kind of, oh, we almost got found out, but it was really good. And then they hold hands because what else are you going to do with your clandestine lover? And yeah, that end scene, they have this recurring theme of the two of them, you know, sitting in the back of that SUV together. And it's always Illyrio because, you know, the only other person that drives her is Hakobo. And when it's just her, she sits up front with him. But yeah, you know, they've had a lot of really important moments, like when whose mom was kidnapped and that's where Val's like just let yourself be loved and then they have this scene in the car again it's it's kind of this recurring theme where like important moments happen for them so I really like that and yeah I think like Pavlovian subconsciously now every time I would see them in the back of a vehicle together I would get really excited because I was like something big's gonna happen but yeah they've come to terms with their attraction for one another and now it's building on that and I really love that about this show for as confused as they are and even from the beginning they kind of know that external forces in their life aren't going to be super happy about this they never really waver in their attraction or their acceptance that they feel this way about the other and again I think that's you know the show could have taken it in a wholly different direction and some stuff comes up later in the show but I think that they set the framework so well here that I look at those as more plot devices instead of the writers just not knowing what to do with this situation. Actually I think you're 100% right that's never occurred to me but absolutely they never ever say, you know, oh, I'm not so sure I feel this way about you. They're always pretty sure that's how they feel about each other. Good point. So now they're in a coffee shop and being all cute and declaring their desire for one another. 
and it's very it's so sorry go ahead it's just very close and very intimate again i love the way they framed the shots between them it just kind of emphasizes that intimacy yeah and you see this this change from juliana you know again i think it's this for as much as val was declaring things and helping her they've kind of turned this corner where now it's Juliana being the one pushing things and I think that that's so interesting to see and yeah you kind of saw her push things in the car and then it was Val who said we need to make a stop first and I love that so the they could have gone directly back to the house and just had this moment and not talked about it. But Val is like, we need to talk about this. So they stop at a cafe just so they can talk about what happened. And I was like, if that isn't the gayest thing in the whole world, like, I just, I thought it was such, you know, the the average viewer might not get that, but the the running joke of like lesbians processing feelings and stuff, this just hit for me in such a good way the fact that that's immediately what they want to do and then yeah now that they're at the coffee shop having this conversation Hools is the one kind of touching her in public and you know being willing and present to have this conversation in a way that I think initially would have really scared her or that she you know couldn't even have found the words for I think you're absolutely right about the roles being reversed suddenly and I think it has a lot to do with their personalities. If you look at Val as a as a character overall, she's much more flitty, much more kind of um, jumps all in, but then is a little bit sort of not sure and then will jump all out and be kind of all over the place. She's Whereas Jules is always the, the much more kind of steady one. And so once she's reached the point where she's committed to something, she goes for it. And so I think that's what's happening here. It's scary, but Jules is there, like, has come to terms within her own self that this is where she's at. So this is her path now. Yeah, and both characters or both actors play it incredibly well. And, you know, we talked about this episodes ago, but this show gives characters like enough beats to really make the points they're making with eye contact and with a lot of nonverbal communications that you don't see in enough shows today because you know they're trying to to pack in dialogue and commercials and all of that stuff but yeah there are these longing moments that convey so much to the viewer and really help you feel what they would probably feel, especially because the characters are depicted so well by the actors playing them. Um, so yeah, this this scene, not only because of the dialogue, but because of the space that they're given to just kind of sit with these emotions with one another, I think makes it really powerful. Absolutely. So in the scene, um, Jules is very steadfastly facing Val eye contact the whole time she's not looking away but Val is facing a bit away from Jules and sort of looking back and forth between in front of her and to where Jules is sitting so there's a lot playing between the two of them in terms of this stuff and Jules is very like steadfastly like I'm here I'm at this point and it's fine but then Val says it's difficult for me to accept the possibility that I'm gay 
And I completely get this. Right? That moment when you... You have to accept that that thing that you've been trying very hard not to accept because it makes you very different from a lot of other people is real. It's hard. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's... uh, This show is very interesting because... They're soulmates, obviously. We all know they're soulmates. This is like cosmic, karmic, faded in the stars. You know, this isn't a normal television show. There's already some like crazy supernatural things going on. So they could have very easily just made them soulmates for one another. And I think, you know, there's like a a little bit of that in some of the later scenes when they're talking about stuff. Um, But they have this conversation about being queer that they could have glossed over and could have made it, oh, I love the person. Um, But they really chose to define it in this way, which I think in terms of, you know, what Mexican primetime audiences on telenovelas are used to seeing was a really important choice and statement to make that they didn't have to make. So I respect the show that much more because they did that. Where they're, you know, because of their love for one another, Valentina and Hulz are constantly having this conversation and struggling with it. Absolutely. I think anybody who hasn't had to come out as somehow different from a huge chunk of the population just has no concept of understanding how difficult it is to realize that you are not one of the masses. Or to accept that you're different than who you thought you were. You know, that's a big part of this as well. Um, You know, I think especially for my generation and generations older than me, some people have just like always known and not come out, but that wasn't the case for me. I really didn't know. I was shocked. I, you know, I think very much I fit into kind of the, the Valentina box a little bit in that way that you go through the motions and you're doing like everything right that you're supposed to be. But then something clicks in a way you weren't expecting. And that's very confusing because if you've never felt an emotion, how do you know that that's the emotion you're feeling for the first time? So like when you think you just really like your friends and you think you're just like ambivalent about your boyfriend because they're not the right boyfriend for you. Um, So you're kind of conflating those feelings because you haven't really been given the space or understood what kind of fits where and what actually is what so I think yeah I think they play all of this so well the confusion but also they never fall into the trap of letting just like a little miscommunication sour everything and I really respect the show for this they take hard lines on again this this consistent conversation about being gay and being confused by that and not expecting it And it's not like, oh, you know, except for the very beginning when they were just friends and that was more of a rich girl, poor girl, she's ignoring me kind of thing. And who's didn't know why it stung. They don't fall into that trap. They're always willing to have this conversation. And again, to the conversation we were having a couple of minutes ago, they really both never waver on this feeling. And I love that. I think that that was so for all of the stuff they're going to put these characters through in the next 40 episodes. I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, I, you know, again, that's why I'm still on board with all of it, because they do this so well. And this is why I wanted to talk about this representation, because it's rare on any TV to find representation that's this good. 
So now they're having this conversation and they're like, we're both struggling with, uh, ident- you know, coming to terms with the fact that we're gay or at least st- sort of struggling with, am, am I actually gay? Is this like where I'm at now? And Val says, what I can tell you is I've never felt this way about a guy. It, she doesn't say anything about whether or not she's felt this way about a, a, another girl before, but I don't think she has. I get the sense that this is true love, first love that kind of space and I don't know like I think so yeah Val says she's never felt this and Hul says not even about Lucho and I think that there's a little bit of like sass there because I I think that there's a genuine you know Hul's is worried uh because Valentina and Lucho are still together and there seems to be something that is keeping them together and Juliana doesn't quite know what that is um so she's putting it out there in a way that kind of gives them space to talk about it but I think like deep down she knows that it's not like that the way Valentina feels about her isn't the way she feels about Lucho but she has to ask it anyway because they're still together. And these, again, these conversations are important because they're driving functions for actions that Valentina's going to need to get her shit together and take. The conversation is fulfilling two uh, things for Jules here at this point. The one is seeing if they're on the same page, but also she's questioning Val again about Lucio, you know, because she did this before at the hospital when Lucio pitched up with flowers she sent Val on her way to go deal with Lucho, but she does it in a subtle way so that she's not directly saying to Val, listen, you need to break up with him. But it's the same conversation, just kind of amped up now. I think you're 100% right. That's that's what she's doing when she's asking about Lucho. Right, because they've... And also, they haven't decided that if Lucho wasn't in the picture that they would be together. So there's, there are many obstacles for them to kind of overcome, but I think that's also why Hules is resistant to say you need to break up with him because she, they can't explore this thing if, you know, Valentina has a boyfriend, but also I don't think Juliana wants to be the one to tell her to have to break up with him because then things kind of seem more... But also, if Jules believes that they're going to have to leave the city, she also can't push that and say, Val, you have to break up with your boyfriend so we can be together and need to just leave the next day. Right. So there's layers and complications here. Then Val says to her, you know what's my biggest problem with you is I can't stop thinking about you. It's like a broken record on a loop. It's embarrassing. The thing is, we know that this is true because we've seen her thinking about Jules repeatedly throughout. So there's been flashbacks. She's been looking at pictures. She's been listening to their song over and over again. Right. Even before it was romantic. Right. So this completely rings true for us. And that was beautiful foreshadowing for this exact moment. Yeah. Valentina's got it bad. And Jules is just like, well, we're in love. And Val's expression is fascinating because she's still struggling to accept it, but she wants to accept it. You can see that the romantic heart within her is agreeing 100%. 
but she's still struggling with the fact that they're both female. Yeah, and I just, I really did not expect Tools to go there. I did not expect her to be the one to say it. And I think this is, again, to the credit of the show, what they do so well, this back and forth with the one of the characters really taking the lead when they need to in a way that's still like organic to their personality but forcing the relationship forward because yeah if Juliana wouldn't have said that how long would this have gone on with kind of this circular like well we spend all of our time together and it's but you know this is just what it is versus her being like no we're in love like we are in romantic love the way we feel about one another and I think it's so interesting that she was the one that picked that out because she's the one that's never been in a relationship before and yeah Valentina is like at this point you feel like somebody is like hitting her over the head with a rock and she just still like doesn't know that there's a rock there like that's how it's like we're in love and Valentina's like with a woman and it's like well you know I think you are in love with me and I'm a woman. So therefore you are in love with a woman, whether that's what you thought was going to happen or not. But she's just so like sweetly naive to, to accepting it, even though you're, you're right. You can see like her heart and her, her face kind of agreeing with it, even though her words are still a little bit on the fence. And Jules is just plows ahead and she's, she declares her love. She says, I'm in love with you. She's saying like love, love, because in Mexico they have different words to convey love. And she's saying, you know, not friendship, love, not like, like, she's saying love. And then there's a moment of just Val's face in reaction. She doesn't say anything for a minute. Then they cut back to Jules and there's just a moment with her. And that is the most beautiful beat just from a filmmaking point of view, I so appreciate that. And then the phone rings and interrupts this moment before Val can say anything. Because she was poised on the brink of declaring her love back when Lucio phones. And can I say that Jules' reaction to this phone call is exactly my reaction to the phone call too. I also roll my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> But it's really, it's important because, you know, in this conversation already, Juliana has floated the idea that, like, you need to talk to Lucho. And, again, foreshadowing because he materializes by way of this call and insinuates himself into this moment they're having, even when he's not physically there. But to Valentina's credit, she immediately says, and, you know, I think it's, she's starting to realize, like, not only did she not really enjoy hanging out with him before, but now when it becomes spending time with you is taking time away from me being with Juliana, it becomes a completely different conversation. Um, so, yeah, like, as hard as it would have been for her to admit her love to Juliana, she's still mad that Lucho interrupted that. So her first reaction is that she should have broken up with him a long time ago. And I love that that's the, the stance she immediately takes. You know, as of this scene, she hasn't done it yet, but she's saying that she should. Shamina, and then Jules... Uh, and then she Val says, you know, and it's perfect timing because he's just started to make an effort with me. 
And I think the only reason he started to make an effort with her is because she was pulling away and he could feel it. Absolutely. I, again, this is not the, the Luchon Sergio um, podcast, but I do think that this becomes really, <laughs> this becomes really important to talk about Lucho and Sergio as they relate to Valentina and Juliana because this show the one of the things they don't overtly do is while they do put like machismo culture on display a little bit they're never so strong about saying it's wrong or it's right the way they are with like screaming gay rights and saying the way you know these two love each other is completely fine but he is very much to me an archetype of an abusive partner and you know I think and we'll talk about this at the end they kind of try to give him a redemption arc you can't see my air quotes um, but I'm making them because I don't buy it I think maybe it's palatable for a lot of the average viewers of this of their fan base but to me they do this in a way that kind of gives everybody what they want at the end of the show with him but he is yeah like he to me is an abusive partner where he comes around when it's convenient for him. He's cheating on her, um, but he's still like, she's the trophy and she's the prize. So it's important that even if she's not happy, she's with him. And contextually, this will all make a little more sense. I think he's already done enough for you guys to agree with me where I'm saying this now in the watch through but this will become even more apparent in the next couple of scenes between Valentina and Lucho that exactly to your point he's drawing her back in when he feels like she's separating not because he really loves her but because he sees her as this prize or this thing that he this trophy that is it elevates his status but he doesn't really care about her as a person. Right. And I think when we get to that scene uh, where his redemption arc is and whatever, I think we actually do need to delve into his character from the perspective of how do we get such differing reactions to his character and why is that? As, as two women, we should feel similarly about him, but why don't we? And I, I think it's an interesting cultural exploration that we should go into. But for now, we're having a beautiful moment between the two lovebirds. So let's continue. And this was so sweet, you know. Uh, Val says, I should have broken up with him a long time ago, but he's been so nice lately. It's such bad timing. And Jules says, actually, he's been really nice to me too. And then she redirects it and says, listen, Val, this is something nobody should judge. This is something that only you and I understand. And that's fine. Except, I mean, you know, life is never that simple. Otherwise, this would be the end of the story. Right. But they have a very nice scene where, you know, they're not going to make out in the coffee shop. But yeah, they, they put their foreheads together and kind of snuggle up against one another. But, you know, that's really just conveying to the viewer that, for the obstacles they still have to overcome they're the two of them are completely on the same page and I think that the language Valentina uses is so interesting where she says something like I don't even know what I'm gonna tell him poor guy she's it's she's almost like putting him in this other box like it's not even a contest with the way she's talking about him you know it's like the way you would talk about like a kid or something it's just like oh that so I think it's it's really interesting that they do that. Like if he heard that, 
in real life, he would absolutely lose his mind. Absolutely. Because it's a side thought. And it's dismissive. She's so dismissive of him. That's the thing. And again, I don't think that that's a healthy way to be. I dislike Lucho. But those are kind of the behaviors of her that I don't like and I want to be like honest about when I see them because yeah I just you know you can't say you're in a relationship with somebody and then not treat them like you're equal. I have many feelings on this but I don't really want to go down the Lucha and Val rabbit hole right now. I went to... (laughs) But now we have a scene with Lucho and Sergio so (laughs) we have to talk about them regardless. (laughs) (laughs) No I know but talking about the relationship dynamic between Val and Lucha would send me down an entire rabbit hole of like you know the dynamics between them and what went wrong yeah hey if if the show really picks up steam maybe at the end we can do like a a special one episode on their relationship dynamics and you and I can just have it out with one another (laughs) put it all on the table but maybe by the time we get to the end of this you or I will have enlightened the other or we, you know, kind of develop new new frames that, that we're looking at this through. Oh, I actually agree with you. I've been thinking about it a lot and I actually agree with you. And then I had to think about why I was thinking the other way initially. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about why we're so conditioned to believe that, oh, it's just, you know, a guy. Yeah. I change my mind all the time about things and I think that that's a great quality to have and a terrible quality to have and when we yeah when we get to the the scenes farther down with um Juliana and Sergio I will talk about why actually reading a lot of discourse um and reading a lot of what people are saying as the show was happening really opened my eyes in a way that I previously like hadn't had really strong feelings or was just like oh whatever um but definitely hearing people's perceptions and reading those viewpoints really helped me come around to a new way of thinking and this is why conversation is important absolutely so now we see the two guys Sergio and Lucio they're walking I think this is school they both got backpacks on and they're talking about what's going on with Val specifically Lucio saying maybe she's going out with somebody else Maybe she's cheating on me. And Sergio suggests that they follow her. Oh, and Lucha's also saying she's always with Juliana. But he says maybe Juliana introduced her to someone else. It's the obliviousness is almost comical. I think to the average viewer. So uh, like when you watch the show, I think there's how a queer person watches it because we're much more, and we've blown far beyond subtext, you know, they've, they've made them a relationship. Um, but there's how like the average viewer watches it and how a queer viewer watches it. And I think everything is twice as funny because it's just so overtly like, yeah, that's what he would assume. He cannot wrap his mind around the fact that Val and Hools may have something going on it has to be that even though he's always with Hools she introduced Val to some other guy and also side note I love Sergio's shirt in this scene the long sleeve button down with like a tiny print so I will I will give credit where credit is due on that but I love a lot of the the fashion choices that the men wear even though I don't like the men very much (laughs) I think it's important to note uh, and now we cut back and they've arrived back at the house where Lupita and Jules are going to be staying and they have shopping. 
And they're so sweet and happy. Uh, like, Hules is just smiling and she can't really help it. And they come inside. But immediately, there's kind of a dark cloud cast over everything because Lupe is just being strange. And Hules is incredibly worried. She doesn't know what's going on. But her mom is acting physically very strange. She's kind of like hobbling around the house. Um, but she won't really tell Hules that anything is wrong. And the first thing that Jules does is she goes towards Val to seek the closeness. And Val's trying to comfort her, saying it's it's okay. She's just come out of the hospital. It's pretty normal. You guys are, are safe. And there's lots of hair touching and looking into one another's eyes. With Lupe, like, hobbling off in the background. <laughs> it's not supposed to be a funny scene, but it's just the juxtaposition of the two of them in the foreground with, like, Lupe just hobbling away. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to, like, take away from that at a high level, but I just, I think it's strangely entertaining. I agree. So now we catch a little bit later when they're sitting down and having a conversation and Val's feeling very chuffed with herself because she says, well, against all odds, we did it. I think we have everything you need to survive in this house. And they're drinking something. And Val hasn't been seen with alcohol in a while. I think that's important to mention. They're drinking tea or something together here. That's one of kind of Valentina's story arcs that in the beginning you really never saw her without a bottle of something. Tequila. Um, you know, taking shots at all hours of the day, but it, that just hasn't been her her life. Yes, I agree. And she looks a lot happier and a lot less weighed down by everything that's happened to her. When we first met her, she was crying all the time. She was really upset her father just died. There was nothing in her life that was worth smiling about. And now she's smiling and laughing with Jules all the time. And they're, as they're drinking tea and stuff, Jules looks over and sees that Val brought a book. Which is so sweet. I love her. She brought a book. It's Val. I have nothing Val. else to say. Yeah. She's adorable. And she's been reading this book before on her own. And again, I mentioned this. There are... So the... The two protagonists don't meet each other until episode 10, but they both have their own story arcs before that happens. So you see a lot of Hul's uh, background fleeing from San Antonio when Chino wakes up. You also see Val struggling with her father's death. So she was reading this book at at the beginning of the of the series, although they didn't know one another yet. And it's it's really helped her so she brings it because she hopes that in some small way it could potentially help Juliana as well I think it's also one of these things where if you discover something cool and interesting you want to share it with your closest friend your girlfriend you want to be able to have those long conversations about what's going on in your life you know and she like she knows the book's a little out there so she kind of like floats it softly <laughs> She's mentioned it before. Yes. Sort of in passing. And now she's actually brought the book. And it's such a sweet moment because Jules sort of starts to make fun of her a little bit. Make fun of this book a little bit. And Val looks a little embarrassed. But then she talks about how it's helped her. And, and she talks about the author who's like 
her father's friend. And yeah, I mean, who's kind of backtracks a little bit when Valentina says, you know, we know him. He's he's a family friend. He's not just some stranger who like wrote a book. Right. And she also says that it helped her when her father died. And so Jules then takes it a lot more seriously at that point. Serious face. Okay, I'm listening to you. And it's so cute because it's so... She's opening herself to something which she wouldn't have before necessarily. Right. You absolutely know she has never had this conversation with Lucho or anything close to it or most other people. I think, you know, Guille is the person that she most closely talks to and maybe would talk to him but I think that that's because she's never really had any partners in her life who she's felt comfortable having these conversations with and I think partner is the right word because it implies somebody who's with you through things you're doing things together you're forging through life together and she's never really had that and what's interesting about this scene is is now they're introducing the kind of one of the main themes of the whole soap opera which is this people coming back to deal with things that they haven't that they didn't deal with in when they were alive yeah and besides the very beginning where juliana's father is electrocuted and his you know his soul transmigrates they have been insulated to their knowledge from from what's happening you know they just kind of know it as a concept like Juliana understands it as this thing she saw but couldn't explain and she's not experiencing it anymore in her daily life and then Valentina has this book that she's been reading that has helped her find comfort and has been kind of a framework for her to understand death and feel better about the loss of her father um but yeah, they've been mostly insulated from the impact of this and what it would mean and like the practicality, even though they are two of the most impacted characters, although they don't know it yet. Absolutely. I think it's Jules says, of course, these things are not true. And Val's like, but of course they are. And so now they're having this sort of back and forth with, can you or can you not have this reincarnation kind of deal going on and then she's talking about Alcino coming back oh and Lupe is overhearing this conversation oh man who's is not pulling any punches she's talking about Alcino coming back but like yeah he'd be weird he survived it but they fried his brain like she you know she does not take this seriously um in terms of somebody resurrecting in somebody else's body which is so funny because they're talking about the exact same thing and Val is literally saying she saw it or I'm sorry who's is saying she saw it without accepting that's what it is and it's kind of funny because it's similar to the relationship they had when Valentina's like I'm I can't be in love with a woman and Juliana's like well but you are because that's the conversation we're having and we cut to them having this conversation where Juliana is like, I don't believe in this, but she's seen it. So there's very much these like parallels. She even talks about exactly what happened and involves like, but then how is it not this? And she's like, well, he fried his brain. Obviously he was weird. It's well, 
think about it from a logical point of view, okay, not that soap operas are necessarily super logical, but think about it from a logical point of view. Would you just randomly believe that your father actually came back in the body of some other random person? No, but it's so. It, but she's talking to Valentina about the exact thing that Valentina is saying she thinks is happening. So it's just, yeah, they. I think it's very interesting and a good like plot device that they both kind of have different pieces of this puzzle um, that is going to make it a lot less jarring when things kind of ratchet up a couple of notches and all of the characters who are not supposed to know that the other characters are alive come back. Absolutely. I, this is the last thing I will say. They take a crazy premise and they make you believe it's wholly plausible. And that is, I think, one of the most complimentary things that I can say about this show. Because there's, when you try and explain this to somebody who doesn't watch it, you sound like an absolute nutcase. But when it's <laughs> happening, everything seems so organic. And you're like, yeah, obviously. They're soulmates. Their dad switched bodies. Death brought them together. <laughs> Duh. And... I think one of the reasons that that happens is because all these other really plausible things are happening and they're getting the character work so right that you believe that that's what's happening. It's not a case of like, oh, look, dinosaurs, but these characters also kind of a little bit like weird. So we don't really believe in that. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> if you get the characters right, people will believe whatever random premise you have. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Monica, thank you so much. I think that's where we're going to leave today. Perfect. You're listening to Lesbians on Screen. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by author Monica McKellen. Monica, can you tell listeners where they can find you online? Very socially active online. Uh, just depends on what channel. Uh, so Twitter is my jam if you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that I will communicate back. So it's at Monica McCallan and that's on Twitter. I do have a Facebook fan page and I have a website www.monicamccallan.com but for sure if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff Twitter is where you can find me. Thank you for listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens. Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us.